Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. We won, you lost, accept it. Get over it. Leave get over the law. Leave hey, the law. I will never get over it. We're doing this to save your future. No deal, what's the deal? Hey, what's the problem? You've got no faith in this country. Less good trade and isolating us in Europe. You don't know what you're fucking talking about. This is episode two of Flavours Weekly Interviews with Enthusiasts. I'm Joe Lyons. And I'm Joe Shaw. Together, we're Joe Squared. We're going to traverse the country and speak to wonderful and wacky enthusiasts of all shapes and sizes. Each week, we will take a deep dive into a different topic of enthusiasm, and see why our interviewees pledge allegiance to their cause. This week, we'll take you on our Brexit journey. At the beginning of the second year of our journalism degree, it was time for us to join the news channel Winchester News Online. This was run by journalism students, and we were expected to film a story every week for the weekly bulletin. To begin with, we both struggled, but Joe Shaw got a break with an interesting court case. Emil Silias was an ex-army sergeant who was accused and eventually found guilty of the attempted murder of his wife. He tried twice, firstly by causing a gas leak at the family home, then by tampering with her parachute when she had gone skydiving. She survived a 4,000 foot fall. An investigation led to the trial, which was held at Winchester Crown Court, and I covered it for Winnell. I also had an early story. It was about high school exclusion rates in Hampshire. But our first big scoop together was about an anti-Brexit bus. A member of an anti-Brexit campaign reached out to our lecturer to see if we wanted to cover the Hampshire leg of their bus tour. Basically, they were driving around the country with a big red bus. Much like the one Boris Johnson had used to campaign with. You know, the one with 350 million for our NHS on the side. This claim has since been thrown out as inaccurate and was part of the reason the campaign won, with big claims but little accuracy. Really, we didn't much know about figures or care much for either side. For us, it was our first chance to go gonzo. The member who reached out initially wanted us to take pictures for promotion. We explained that we make short VTs, that's videotapes in TV speak, for our news bulletin. So in essence, they thought we as students would make a propaganda film for Remain. We had other ideas. We made an impartial short film, giving both sides equal amount of time, just how we were taught to. This is part of the finished film that we produced for Winchester News Online. The problem is with Brexit, benefits are none, costs huge, risks huge. Somebody needs to be that little boy who stands up and says, the Emperor's got no clothes, because Brexit has no clothes. Royston Smith, Southampton Itchin MP, a Leave supporter, says otherwise. Well, that's not democracy, is it? And that's exactly what this is. We've asked you the question. We told you it's an in-out referendum. We told you what the circumstances would be. We told you what the end game was. People voted and then people said, but I don't like that. Do you know what the Remain campaign now, this new campaign now is doing? They're saying that you, the people, are just not bright enough. What we came away feeling after being on the bus was that they were sitting in an echo chamber, 
repeating each other and insulting the other side, but with really lame insults. It was childish and immature at times. There were some conspiracies that seemed far-fetched, and there was also an intolerance for brextards, a phrase we overheard on the bus. But this, as we found out later, wasn't unique to Remainers. Both sides are guilty of ridiculous insults. The same campaign group organised a People's Vote March in Winchester in February 2019. It was much of the same, but there seemed to be more venom this time round, because our scheduled leave date was a month away. At the time, there was growing concern that we would crash out with no deal, because so many people were opposed to Theresa May's withdrawal agreement. In this clip from the VT, we speak to a Leave Means Leave campaigner and Lord Andrew Adonis, a former member of Tony Blair's cabinet and an ardent Remainer. We'd be very happy with no deal. I mean, after all, we were told in the uh, 2017 manifestos uh, for the general election by both Conservatives and Labour that we, we would be leaving the single market and the customs union. And that's what everybody voted for. There's a growing demand for a people's vote to end this Brexit crisis. Now that people can see Theresa May's deal, they know it's 39 billion for less good trade and for isolating us in Europe. And uh, there's huge public demand here. And uh, what Parliament should do is speak for the people. When the event was wrapping up and people were beginning to leave, a small faction of people from both sides became embroiled in a shouting match. We got in the middle. We won, you lost, you accept it, get over it, get over it. Leave for the law, leave for hey, the law. I will never get over it. We're doing this to save your future and your children's children and your grandchildren's future. Yes, it is. You don't love your country. We were really caught off guard by this interaction because Winchester was normally such an affable, quiet place to live. I think it's safe to say the majority of the country had something to say on Brexit. It became less about policy and more about feelings. Remain supporters were trying to overturn the decision, and part of their tactic was to claim that the mood of the country had changed since the referendum. This was proved not to be the case when Boris Johnson won the most recent general election by a landslide. This set in stone the point of no return. We'd committed to leaving on January the 31st, which some are calling our Independence Day. We went along to the celebrations in Parliament Square. We waded into a sea of Union Jacks, just as Tim Martin, the Weatherspoons owner, took to the stage. How's it going, mate? Tim! He's number two Brexit person. Number two? Who's Farage's one? Farage's one, he's number two. Are you happy? Are you happy today that today's happening, Brexit day? Three and a half years. I mean, we would have been out. The year before last, though, I think June, July, right? I think really, Boris should have like put a no-vote conference in May, the year before last, June, July. I think in my lifetime, I don't follow politics a lot, but I think May has been the worst MP Prime Minister. You think so, yeah? I mean, three and a half years dibbering. It's far more people than I was expecting. Yeah. Uh, with the lack of publicity that's had, I was expecting it to just fizzle out and be a nothing burger, like 20 people and Nigel Farage just like, oh, oh dear, what's happening here? It's, it's rammed, it's like filled Whitehall from Trafalgar Square. Yeah. It's filled there, all in the middle of the roads. It's uh, it's overflowing. <laughs> yes. Are you happy with Brexit though? You came down to just yeah, Brexit. Yeah, 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 God, yeah. I mean, you're posting stuff online, so. Yeah. Article 13, like that, that was that was one of the big ones. Okay. Like that affects everything that's uploaded to the internet. Article 13 was this man's reason for leaving. 
It's an EU copyright law which aims to hold platforms accountable for copyrighted content on their sites, instead of the creators themselves. It's being dubbed the meme ban, because memes often use copyrighted images. I don't like it. What? <laughs> Just a bit, I don't know. But it's strange as fuck. Yeah. yeah, man, I feel strange. There's so many people here, rowdy. Some real, real boost-up geezers on the train. Yeah. Singing, we love you, Boris, we do. They just started singing how, about how lovely East London is. <laughs> you know, I think they're West Ham fans. Democratic football, that's a lie. Oh, my oh, God. No. We had just seen a flag attached to the Houses of Parliament's gates for the Democratic Football Lads Alliance, a group similar to the EDL. Our experience at Parliament Square on the night of the 31st was a strange one. We were surrounded by avid Brexiteers. It was a mainly white affair, however, more diverse than we thought it would be. Crowds of men and women street drinking and a fairly constant smell of cannabis. Some jovial singing of nationalist songs. I heard one man drunkenly tell his dad he wouldn't rather be anywhere else but here, leaving Europe, which I thought was quite sad, really. While Joe Lyons took respite from the boozy and dense crowd, I chatted with a group of young guys. They spoke like toffs, apart from the drunken slurs, which told me it wasn't just Fanta in the bottle they were passing round. They had voted Remain, but believed in democracy, so they agreed with us leaving the EU. The most outspoken one said he felt out of place at the march because it seemed further to the right than he liked. As he said this, about two metres away, a group burned an EU flag. It was a mild night, so they weren't doing this to stay warm. After I'd walked away from the densest part of the crowd, I stood on the periphery and observed the mood of the event. I don't like big crowds, but I definitely don't like big crowds when it's people just taking pleasure and making shit jokes about politicians and jeering away senselessly. Joe Swinson. <laughs> Anyway, 
said she said he's this and she's that jibes both sides make a distasteful and just unnecessary on the outskirts of the crowd it was less hardcore people seemed to be doing the same as me just watching and observing others waiting for 11 o'clock as we were waiting for the countdown an american man approached us he wanted to find out where he could buy a beer we steered him towards the tesco's but before he left, we spoke about what he thought of our Independence Day. He bluntly told us it wasn't quite the 4th of July, but he supported our leaving the EU. And just like that, we were out. It was a bit anticlimactic for me, but it was clear how much it meant to those in attendance. For the upcoming year, we will be in some sort of Brexit purgatory. Rule takers, but not rule makers. We have 11 months to negotiate a trade deal, which usually take years. If not, we crash out with no deal on December 31st. But now this fate will be decided by courts and lawmakers. That's the end of episode two. If you like the podcast, or even if you didn't, subscribe and leave a review, five stars only. Thanks for listening. Thank you.